0: Daniel, chapter 6, verses 1 to 18. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of the government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So the administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, "May may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except for you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So, King Daniel put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? the king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who was one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. This is the word of the Lord.
1: So, Daniel chapter 6, continuing the story from verse 19. I'll let you find it there. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and, revere and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So, Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. This is the word of God.
2: Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Jared, as Matt mentioned earlier, and it's great to see you here this morning. I am from Maida Vale, um, but before that, I was at Bull Creek, so um, I know many of you, and um, any of you who I haven't met yet, love to chat to you after the service as well. Um, last, I think it was last Sunday, Matt came to preach at our church, um, and he said, I, I, was, I said, Oh, Matt and I worked together at Bull Creek, and he, he, he then interjected that, well, he was my boss. Um, <laughs> And to that, I replied, I'm still getting counselling for it, so um, if you guys could please pray for me. <laughs> um, no, it's, it, it's all ingested I'm really genuinely super happy to be here. Um, thankful. Oh, sorry, I don't want to break your pulpit. Ours is made of wood. I'm not used to uh, this, like, classy perspex and uh, chrome-plated. Um, yeah, so no, I, I'm very happy to be here um, and, yeah, no, excited to bring God's word to you this morning. Um, it's great that you've been working through Daniel. Um, I am privileged to bring you uh, chapter six this morning. I uh, figured what we could do is I'll retell the story um, and then we'll, we'll see how, how it related to the people back then and how it relates to us today. So this is a true story from the Bible. I'm going to retell it, um, trying to do it in an imaginative way, um, and then and then we'll we'll look at how it relates to them and how it related relates to us today. So you can have your Bible's open with you as I I do this, um, and hopefully it all makes sense. All right. Today's true story from the Bible begins with Darius in his palace. Oh, hello there. My name is Darius, and yes, I'm the king. Some people might think that I'm rather average, but I think they just misunderstood me when I told them that I'm the king of the medians. (laughs) It's a little bit of mathematics humour for you there. <laughs> See this fine young chap in the front row got it. <laughs> uh, well, what, what what does a king need? What 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 would a, what would be suitable for a king? I've got it. 120 set traps. 120 satraps. traps. You might think, what on earth are those? What what are what is a satrap? trap? Well, uh, you might call them princes, but I rather like the name satraps. Thank you very much. And let's put three administrators over them in charge. And that Daniel fellow, oh, Daniel, he can tell dreams. He can interpret dreams. He is he's quite, the, quite the man there. He's a jolly good guy to have on the team. I think I'll make him one of the administrators. Yes. In fact, Daniel is so great, I'm going to put him over the whole kingdom. Meanwhile... The satraps plot against Daniel. All right, fellow satraps, what's it going to be? We've got to do something about this Daniel character. Oh, yes, absolutely. We need to do something about him. Thinks he's better than the rest of us, he does. Yeah, that Daniel, oh, mate. King Darius wants him to rule over the whole kingdom. I don't like him one bit. What are we going to do to catch him out? well, I suppose there are a variety of ways in which we could catch out Daniel. Uh, No, mate, mate, no. I think the only thing you'll find is that Daniel's an upstanding citizen and he obeys the king. He's right. The only way we're going to catch him out is if it's in relation to the law of his God. Daniel obeys the king all right, but he obeys his God even more. We need to set a trap if we're going to get him. We are the set of traps after all. <laughs> Let's go talk to Darius. So the tra- satraps go to appear before King Darius. O King Darius, live forever, and such, and such, and such, and such. All the royal administrators, and the prefects, and the satraps, and the advisors, and the governors, and so on, and so forth, have all agreed that you, O King, you should make a decree. We've agreed that you should make it. And this decree is that whoever praised anyone, God or man, in the next 30 days should be thrown into the lion's den. And, O King, this decree is in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which means it can never be changed. Oh, oh, you've decided that I should write this decree. That's correct. Oh, well, that's very thoughtful of you. And, and all the administrators agree? That's right. And the prefects? Oh, yes, ma- mate, I, I mean majesty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the satraps too? Oh, yes, and the advisors and governors as well. Oh, well, it seems that everyone has agreement there. You've all decided. <laughs> what would I do without such great advisers? And satraps and prefects and governors and administrators, (laughs) what are the cool kids saying these days? Oh, yes, that's it. It seems legit. (laughs) I'll sign the decree then. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. Look at him, our plans worked. Daniel's praying all right, but it's definitely not to Darius he's praying to. Let's go tell old mate, I mean the king. The satraps appear before Darius again. Oh, king, oh, king, live forever. Did you not make a decree? Who pray, whoever, anyone, anyone at all who prays to anyone other than you, God or man, in the next 30 days would be thrown into the lion's den. Oh, oh yes, naturally, I made that decree, thanks to you guys. <laughs> You've got my back <laughs> in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, too. It cannot be changed. It can never be repealed. Oh king, well, then you might like to know that Daniel, one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you at all, O oh, king. Daniel prays to his God three times a day in accordance with your law. Daniel is guilty. Oh no, what can I do? I want to save Daniel. There must be something I can do. Can I repeal the law? Uh, no, no, King, you, you just said you can't repeal it. It's the law of the Medes and the Persians, remember? Well, well, maybe I can just rub it out. Where's that jolly whiteout? <laughs> Uh, uh, no, that's, that's not how this works, Darius. I mean, I mean, King Darius. Well, I've got it.
0: I'll repeal it.
2: <laughs> you just said that. <laughs> no, no, no. King, remember, you can't do that. It's the law of the Medes and the Persians. It can never be changed. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Then I cannot rescue Daniel. I want to, but I can't. Take him to the lion's den, and Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. The stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Darius in his palace again. I'm back in my palace, but I feel horrible. I keep scrolling through my jesters, and I can't find anything to watch. I can't eat anything either. <laughs> Food delivery services won't be <laughs> invented for thousands of years. <laughs> I can't even sleep. It's just, horrible. I'll just wait here all night, and I'll go to Daniel in the morning. At the crack of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? O king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in God's sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, O king. Wonderful, marvelous, how fantastic. Get him out of there. Lift Daniel out of the lion's den. Get to work. Come on, do something. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land, "'May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom.'" People must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Let's grab a drink of water. <laughs> 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 that doesn't happen at Maenevelle, it's <laughs> very <Sorry, laughs> sweet of you guys. <laughs> um, what an awesome true story from the Bible this is. Uh, I mean, just think, I hope you can imagine yourself there, thinking about seeing King Darius, who, as far as kings go, is a bit of a weakling, he's sort of more puppet than puppet master. Um, and those satraps or princes who, by their evil and cunning ways, try to bring Daniel down. And Daniel, who continues to serve the Lord as before, prayerfully depending on him and, and, and yet yeah, in everything. And of course, the awesome work of the Lord in rescuing Daniel from being eaten by those lions. And this awesome true story, just like the rest of the Bible, is relevant today. It's relevant to us today. Um, it's worth noting... That this passage is history, and we shouldn't read it expecting that what happened there will necessarily happen today. So, um, it's a record of what happens, not what always happens. Uh, I love going to Perth Zoo um, and seeing the lions. My membership recently expired, which is sad, but you know, <laughs> maybe I can renew it anyway. The <laughs> lions, lions are my favorite animal. Um, and culture says, I culture's my wife, she's over there. Hi. Um, <laughs> And she says I usually look like a tourist when I go to the zoo because I wear like a big brimmed wide hat. I have a massive smile on my face, <laughs> just looking in awe of, um, of these animals. Anyway, uh, I've never tried to get in the enclosure with the lions. Never tried. Um, not 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 with the, these lions in, in Perth Zoo. Um, but if I think. That because Daniel was saved from being eaten by these lions, and think, well, then God will necessarily save me from being eaten by the lions. Then that's wrong. That's that's not that's not an appropriate way of of, of taking this passage. Um, I think it's right to see Daniel in the lion's den as a picture of um, of what the persecution we can face in the Christian life and and perseverance through that. Um, but God does warn us in His Word, like in Timothy, that. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. There are going to be tough times. Um, and when you think of people in the Bible like Stephen, who was, he was a faithful Christian. As he, he proclaimed the truths about Jesus and um, he was being stoned for it, as he died, um, he, he could see Jesus. It wasn't that Stephen just needed to be more faithful or something like that. Stephen and Daniel, in, in some ways, are very similar Daniel was spared and Stephen died. So it's helpful for us to bear in mind that this is something that has happened, but it's not what always happens. So if we're looking at the, the lions' dens in our lives, we, 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 shouldn't, we shouldn't expect that God is always going to just make our lives happy and easy as Christian people. Um, there are challenges, and, uh, and Daniel, Daniel persevered. And so while God does rescue his people from certain trials, he doesn't rescue us from others. So, how do we find the motivation to keep going? If we don't know how this is all going to play out in terms of the the challenges we face in the here and now, how do we find the motivation to keep persevering? Well, it's the hope that we have in the gospel, uh, the hope that we have in the salvation story that God has given us, and it's the same salvation story in Daniel as the one that we find throughout the Bible, and that salvation story brings us to our first point which I've called The Gospel According to Daniel. So, in this section, we're going to be looking primarily at verses 20 to 23. So, just have that in front of you. Um, And on the surface level, it seems relatively straightforward what this passage is all about. In an awesome display of his power and control, God saves Daniel from being eaten by the lions. I mean, think about it. Daniel has been sent into the lions for faithfully serving his God, and it looks like the outcome is pretty set. It looks like it's feeding time at the zoo, except not a zoo, feeding time for these ravenous carnivorous lions in the den. It's dinner time, and yet, instead of eat Daniel, the lions' mouths are shut. God rescued Daniel from the lions eating him. How awesome is that? Imagine being Daniel for a moment. You've heard, if you pray, you'll face death for it by being eaten by lions, um, and you still go on to pray anyway. Have you ever seen one of those old gangster or mobster movies where the guys like got the gun towards you and he's like, say your prayers, because he's about to kill you? Um, I haven't seen one of those, but I'm aware of the cultural reference. Darius is, is, is saying something kind of, kind of different. He's like, basically, don't say your prayers or I'll kill you. Um, so, so that's, that's, that's kind of what he's saying. If, if, if you, if, I, I don't want you to pray to anyone else because he, he's, he's, he's bought into the lie that he is the one worthy of all, all praise. And so, we see these lions later on in the passage get hungry and eat people straight away. So, it's not that these were just tame lions who'd already had a good feed. No, these are hungry lions. And yet, God does this miracle of saving Daniel from the lions. They don't hurt him. So it seems on the surface level, it's, it's easy to understand. God works his mighty power to save Daniel from being eaten. But there's an even more amazing salvation story here, and we find it towards the end of the passage. And the key to understanding this is looking at two verses side by side that kind of say the same thing, but in a different way, and that give us different understandings of, of what's going on. And we see these in verses 22 and 23. And in this section, it tells us why the lions didn't hurt Daniel, and we get two reasons one in 22, one in 23. The first in 22 is that God finds Daniel innocent in his sight, and that's why the lions didn't harm him. I'll read 22 for us. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. That's the first reason. The lions didn't hurt Daniel because he was found innocent in God's sight. The second is that Daniel trusts in God, and that's why the lions didn't harm him. You see that in verse 23, Uh, and when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Why? Because he had trusted in his God. And by putting these two reasons side by side, uh, being found innocent in God's sight and trusting in God, we can see that Daniel is found innocent in God's sight and him trusting in God, those two things are completely linked. The reason why Daniel can be found innocent in God's sight is because he trusted in him. He can be seen to be right in God's sight, not because he himself was perfect, but because he trusted in his God. So, the Bible is clear that we as people are sinful people. That means we, we, we rebel against God, Instead of living with God as the King over everything, we try and grab His crown for ourselves and put it on our own heads. Um, and we see that in many different ways. So if We look in our lives and we think, man, I don't like people telling me what to do. I you know, live my own life. I do my own thing. Um, and, and, and when we realize that God is a, is a holy, righteous God who alone deserves the crown and, and is rightly the ruler over everything, we can see how offensive it is to commit treason against Him. And it's worth noting that Daniel wasn't somehow a sinless man. No, no, the Bible's clear that everyone is there. It doesn't matter what background we come from, where we live, what we do, all of us find ourselves in that place of being sinners. We're all in the same boat there. And so, we're left wondering, how can a good God find a sinful Daniel innocent in His sight? And the answer is that it's the same salvation that's already come up in the Bible so far and fills the pages of the entire Bible. Much like Abraham, who believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, Daniel trusted in the Lord and was found innocent in his sight. And that message is at the heart of the gospel we believe. We're sinful people, we deserve death for our sin, we've We've rebelled against the giver of life and rightly deserve death. And, but God, in His amazing grace, has made this way of salvation known to us in the Lord Jesus. So, the message for all of us is to trust Jesus like Daniel trusted God, and we will be found innocent in God's sight, like Daniel was found innocent in God's sight. It was indeed awesome that God saved Daniel from lions eating him. But how much more amazing is it that God saved Daniel, and not only Daniel, but all of God's people from our greatest enemies of sin and death? Not only death for for Daniel here and there, but, but death in an ultimate sense, destroying it, breaking its power forever. And that's exactly what Jesus did on the cross and in his resurrection. And that same salvation that Daniel had Is what we have salvation in Jesus. Here, it's uh, the Bible has, has it progressively reveals more and more of the salvation story, but it's the same salvation story the whole way through. So that was the gospel according to Daniel. He trusted in God, was found innocent in his sight, and that's the same for us today. Next thing I want us to think about is Christian perseverance. Christian perseverance. And what's, what's two key words that stand out to me as we read this passage are, as before. As before. It's super interesting to see Daniel's response to when the circumstances change around him, um, when, when uh, Darius tries to really bring the hammer down, um, the advice of these uh, satraps and so on. When, 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 when push comes to shove, what, how does Daniel respond? As before. It's really, really amazing language. I'll... Um, Read it to you uh, from verse 10. We're going to be seeing verses 10 and 11. So, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. He didn't close the windows. He didn't go somewhere else. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. And isn't that a beautiful way of capturing what Christian perseverance looks like? It's not that we do anything different to what we've been doing. No, we we keep on the same road, doing the same as before, even though the circumstances around us change. When Jesus' disciples were threatened with death, what did they do? They kept praising God, praying and telling the same message of salvation that led them to be under the threat of death. When Daniel was faced with imminent death, What did he do he kept on thanking god he kept on praying to god and walking the walk as before and those words are so important as he had done before they tell us that daniel's behavior when trials came didn't change he continued to do what he had always done as one of god's people and he's a great model of what christian perseverance is to look like we are to remain faithful to god when faced with trials And the Bible does promise, as we've seen, we will face trials. The three of those key things that he did were prayerful thanksgiving, prayerful dependence, and faithfulness to God above the rulers of the world. So in verse 10, we see that prayerful thanksgiving. Daniel not only talks to God, um, he not only cries out for help, but he spends time thanking God as he had done before. Daniel recognized that in the midst of all of this, that there was much to be thankful to God for. I find that super convicting. Like we think, man, how quickly do we go from the circumstances have changed, God, why have you done this, and all of those things. But Daniel recognizes, and rightly so, that even in the midst of all of this, God is to be thanked. God is on the throne, he knows what's going on, and he deserves our thanksgiving. Prayerful dependence. Daniel also recognized that it was right to ask God for help. We see that in verse 11 when the satraps go to find him. Um, we see that uh, they, they went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. I think, um, speaking from my own experience, we often find asking God for stuff easier than, than thanking him for stuff. Um, but Daniel does both of those things here, and both of those are important aspects of our prayer. Uh, spending time asking God for things, depending on Him, realizing that our hope is completely in Him. We're utterly reliant on Him for everything. And so, that's that's what the prayerful dependence looks like. Daniel's asking God for help, and he's thanking God in the midst of these challenges. And he has faithfulness to God above the rulers of the world. We must not submit to the rulers of the world when, they, when what they say is opposed to what God says. Just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refuse to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's image of gold, Daniel refuses to stop praying, despite the threat of persecution. When there is a conflict between following God as king or following someone else, whoever they are, we must always choose God, just like Daniel did. As Christians, we recognize our own desire to be the king or queen of our lives. And as Christians, we repent of that. We, we, we turn away from that. and We say, it was wrong for me to grab the crown away from God. And we ask him for, for his forgiveness. And uh, we submit to Jesus alone as king. And just as Daniel rightly submits to God as king, we rightly submit to Jesus as king. So, when we think about for us today... We're sitting, well, I'm standing, but most of us are sitting, in Vic Park um, in 2021, and um, what, are we, what are we to do as a result of hearing, hearing from, from, from God's Word today? Well, much like Daniel, what we are to do remains the same, to continue just as we have done before, to keep thanking God no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in. To keep praying and depending on God, no matter what persecution may come, and to keep submitting to Jesus above all other rulers. What does God want us to do in the face of the challenging circumstances? To keep going, to keep thanking God, to keep depending on Him in prayer. And we might have all kinds of challenges. Maybe we have challenges in our families. Maybe it's our health or the health of loved ones or having recently lost a loved one. Or maybe it's being made fun of because of the Lord Jesus. What are we to do? Keep going just as we've done before. Keep persevering in Jesus in knowing that he is on the throne and knowing that the glory to come so far outweighs any possible suffering that we could experience here on earth. Daniel knew that. I think it's helpful for us to ask, do we know that? The glory to come outweighs being eaten by lions. It outweighs having a terminal illness. It outweighs the depression of being looked down upon for loving Jesus. The glory to come outweighs all of that. And we will get to be with Jesus forever for all of us who put our trust in him. That beautiful longing to that we, we have this sure and certain hope that for all of us who trust Jesus, we will be found innocent in God's sight at the end. And that brings us to our final point. Only one king saves, and it's not Darius. Our last point is that as we looked at Darius, how he tried to save Daniel, he could not. Do you remember that? So, verse 14, have a look with me. Uh, when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Darius was powerless to save Daniel. Darius was a weak king. He could do nothing. When push came to shove, Darius could not save Daniel. As much as he wanted to, he could do nothing. Powerless. Completely powerless. God is not like Darius. God is the powerful king. While Darius may have looked powerful on the surface, I mean, you you think of all of the different people he had around him, his entourage, his servants, his advisors, his princes, despite all of that, when push came to shove, he was powerless. When it came down to it, Darius could do nothing to save Daniel. And while Jesus dying on the cross may look like powerlessness, and foolishness to the world, it is in fact the power of God for salvation. Don't follow the king who looks powerful, but in reality is powerless. Follow Jesus, the king who came and died to save you and me. Follow Jesus, the only king who can save us. And while none of us um, that I know of are trying to follow King Darius, there may be ways in which we want to set a king or or queen over ourselves or or set ourselves as the king or the queen over our lives. And when we do that, to trust in those things, that's to take the crown away from God and put it on ourselves. And that's sin. That's uh, rebelling against God, the king, and uh, trying to make ourselves, trying to elevate ourselves. And the Bible tells us that punishment, the wages for sin, the punishment that sin deserves is death. But The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God was powerful to save Daniel from the lion's den. And God is powerful to save all of us sinners from sin and death. But perhaps you've struggled with the idea that God could or would save you. Know this, Jesus is powerful to save you. Jesus came to earth. He lived a perfect life. He died the death that we deserve, shedding his blood in our place to rescue us. We might think that we're the most unlovable people on earth, but the beauty of the gospel is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God rescued us while we were his enemies. And while the cross may look like foolishness to the world, Our Saviour beaten, battered, scorned, crucified. It is the power of God for salvation. So don't follow the rules of this world who look powerful, but in reality are powerless. Follow Jesus, the King who came and died to save us. Follow Jesus, the only King who can save. The only King who is powerful to save. Darius couldn't save Daniel. Jesus could save Daniel, and he did, and Jesus can save us too. Amen.